Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, you can probably see his face if you're watching on YouTube, I have the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Corbett with his white beard. And if you've been watching Instagram, he's been looking at some of this um, stick on hair as well. <laughs> You'll know exactly what I mean if you've watched his Instagram. So Dave kindly has taken time out of his heavy schedule of parkour and protection to make it onto the podcast. So if you don't know what I'm talking about again about the parkour, Go and check out his channels, see him on social, you know exactly what he'll be, uh, what I'm talking about. So today's episode, I wanted to get him back on because he is with Protection First, which is under Mortgage First, exciting new proposition. We've covered a lot about social in the past, Dave and I, on a couple of episodes. This one, I wanted to talk about where he's been over the last 12 months, his journey, and also how to sell more protection because going into the next few months, we all know that purchases are going to be slowing down. So how do you make your business more valuable? And protection is the way to do that. But without further ado, I welcome you, David, onto the podcast. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm very good. It's a pleasure to have you on again, mate. And if anybody doesn't know, Dave is one of the main reasons that Social for Brokers has been born as well. Um, a lot of brokers helped me along the way. And then Dave, I spoke to him on LinkedIn about two and a half years ago jumped on a Zoom call with Primus people and had loads of conversations about social. So Dave has been one of the, uh, call them the founding fathers. That's what we'll, uh, we'll call him. <laughs> Thank you. You've got a plaque on the door. That's it. Above the door, above the door. <laughs> right. So before we get started, I want you, if you could give us like a 30 second intro, who you are, what you've done, where you've been and why you're in this industry. Yeah, fine. So I've uh, been a recruiter mainly into networks and directly authorised firms and uh, regional and national sales director and recruitment director. Um, now building a protection um, arm of a fantastic mortgage business to just um, increase their revenue and, and help clients out. So um, that's me in a nutshell. Um, a long time in the industry. Um, work with a lot of brokers and uh, yeah, still here, just about. Very well, very well known name across the industry. So you're now protection first. Yes. And we've seen over the last 12 months, you've been in different roles and now mm. you're purely doing protection. So just want to have a chat about what's been going on the last 12 months, mate. We've seen you all over social. Mm. So, um, well, I kind of, I, I suppose I go back to lockdown when we were speaking really, because um, I'd always been kind of running around, um, driving the car, seeing as many appointments as possible, kind of just busy as hell, getting home, having a glass of wine, collapsing, next day off you go again, terrible at admin, just that was me, you know, yeah. just kind of see as many people as possible, take 100 calls a day, just that kind of that kind of energy. Um, when lockdown happened, um, got really fit and healthy and all that boring stuff, but when lockdown finished and I uh, actually just before it finished I joined the money group in a, my first kind of national role um in the March after the first lockdown or yeah so quite a while into it um and something wasn't quite right with me if I'm honest uh, and I kind of I 
I was in a head office environment and that, I wasn't used to that either. But um, I remember one time just kind of pacing around this office that was at this new office, um, newly refurbed and just had all this energy. I was pacing around like that. Um, that guy in that Turkish prison in that movie, whatever it's called, you know, just start around in circles. I had this yes. energy and um, it became very obvious very quickly that um, although I, I had the, the ability to deal with brokers and help them, um, I, my admin was terrible. And at that level, I was exposed, I think, for you can't have, you can't be good at half the job at that, at that level, you know. Mm -hmm. And look, it was, uh, compensations were made for that and everything else. But um, I think... There was a lot of freedom within the role. And over time, I kind of, um, I don't know, I don't think I was coping very well with it. I got um, diagnosed, private diagnosis of ADHD during that that period of time. And oh, right. suddenly a lot of things kind of made sense. Um, I had to wait. That was a private diagnosis, as I said. And then I think after um, about nine months, a year, I started the NHS referral, which leads to medication because... Um, it's taken a long time to get right with it um but how i look at myself now i was never equipped to do that job i don't think at that national level because my adhd was i mean scored so high on the nhs test it was ridiculous i just i was you know it made made a lot of things make sense really right yeah almost like a light gone off and you switch gone off and you've gone ah yeah that makes sense yeah. i think by the there were other factors but i think by the time i'd realized what the issues were with me doing the uh, in being able to do the job um i think i probably got too far down the line within the money group for that to kind of be reconciled and like i say there are other factors involved but um that was that was on me you know i wasn't up i wasn't up to speed on it i don't think and it was too mm. I, you know i i've had to kind of do a bit of navel gazing with that and do a bit of soul searching i think around the time that I was making that decision, I um, spoke to Paul Lewis, who was at the Money Group for a while. Yeah. And we had a chat and he introduced me to John at Mortgage First. And I think um, they didn't really want to do this protection first quite so quickly, but it just seemed like right place, right time. And um, mm -hmm. great bunch of people. I was a different person by that point. My, th my skin was certainly a lot thicker. And I think um, I'd, I wasn't quite ready and back to where I'd, I used to be, but I, you know, I was being medicated for ADHD, which is incredible right. stuff. They get it out of a special cupboard in like the pharmacy, <laughs> like with the, all the methadone. They give you, like, it's not methadone, by the way, that's not what I'm saying, but it's like, it's a it's special like, cupboard. They have to special like, special cupboard. Like, yeah. And so um, <laughs> and these things are fantastic. I now sit in a room and concentrate for eight to 10 hours a day, and I couldn't do that. For the last day couldn't you wow life before and i said to alex curtis when i spoke to him i said um i probably think that i'm like a super superpower guy because i can concentrate but i can probably just concentrate like everyone else you know um, right okay so it feels like it's a superpower now but it's what everybody's been yeah. doing you know i used to sit in meetings with lawyers and be drawing willies on pieces of paper you can't do that as a national do you know what i mean it's nuts and i don't want to lose that side of me yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what makes you you. And that's why everybody loves you so much on social that they see you, see you out there being yourself. So you don't want to lose that. But no. as you said, flip side, it allows yeah. you to concentrate, doesn't it? I suppose. Oh, totally. And uh, uh, now dealing with clients and the fast pace of 
looking after 29, 30 brokers who have got um, clients who need protecting. It, oh, look, I'm absolutely loving it. It's been a fantastic, fantastic move for me. But look, the I, I have to take responsibility for how things ended up because, you know, it's easy to point the finger, but um, I let other people do that. Big thing. You know, it's big thing to be able to own it. A lot of self-awareness to say, look, that was the issue. Yeah. You've done something to resolve it. And now you're in a place where you are concentrating more and you're able to, to build something yeah, on the protection. Because protection has always been your... Like I know recruitment and you've been Primus and you've been TMG. Mm. Yes, you were there to support the brokers, but to me, it's always been protection or social for you. And you've always nailed that down to a T. So it's great to see you utilising both of those skills in a role that obviously that you're really happy in now. Yeah, I mean, it's um, like even yesterday, I was kind of reading a, an email that um, someone had sent me and sent from head office about, um, just email your details through and then um, Brad will chase all your cases for you and make sure I'm like what you're like just all this stuff like, yeah. which is nuts the support and this is where Mortgage First are very good they've built the foundations and the processes incredible to enable you guys to do what you're good at incredible and that, you couldn't have put it better that's exactly what they've done you know yeah. um, albeit you know I'm, I'm now out of pre-case checking so I'm not having to put every case up to get signed off three out of three mm -hmm. come on uh, and, mm -hmm. and um, so you know I'm now a bit freer to to give the advice and, and, and away but um, what they take away from you and the system is just the nuts it really is yeah. it's fantastic and um, you know I'm, I'm uh, very impressed very well very done haven't they so let's talk about you're in this company now and you're doing protection appointments, you've got 29 mortgage brokers. What does your normal day-to-day -day look like at the minute? Yeah, good question. So I'm about a mile and a half from home. So nice. I will drop, that's my lad connecting to Xbox at home. It comes up on my computer, so I apologise. <laughs> that's proper keeping an eye on him. Right, yeah. you text him, you've had it an hour. Come on, off you go. It's, it's driving theory twice, means we're going to be having a conversation with a game, but there you go. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I, I get into the office half nine-ish after dropping the lads at college and then walking the dog, then I'm in and um, pop over for some tea about six and then work the evenings. And it's it's a very structured day mm -hmm. because I use Calendly and people can book in any time from 11 so I can get all my mm -hmm. stuff in order right the way through till 7.30, 8 o'clock, maybe later if they want, and uh, all day Saturday, every week. So we three or four appointments every Saturday. Um, the leads of flow is from the brokers. Mm -hmm. So they can range from, so yesterday's a perfect example. Uh, one advisor, because she didn't want to deal with someone who's too close to her in terms of a, a, a relationship, business relationship. I never think about that, actually. Yeah. Uh, someone where it had been um, rated by the provider and then wanted me to fight the corner or find other cover. Right. A little bit deeper with that. Um, and you know what? You need you need that. This is such a um, an all encompassing role. I don't know how mortgage brokers do it. By the way, I was a terrible mortgage broker, but um, I've got however many providers to go out. It's ten percent of what they've got in terms of mortgage lenders. Three thousand mm -hmm. products to know. I can go really quite deep on the providers here and 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 just find out exactly. Um, Alan from Vitality has emailed me this afternoon to work through a case so we can get them serious illness cover where it's just too expensive elsewhere and all this stuff you have to live and breathe it you know mm. um, 
which is why I never think mortgage and protection ever lives together with, with a brokerage. I don't know how they do it. Hats off to them. But right, that's quite interesting. Yeah. I, I would always have a separate protection advisor in any firm that's living and breathing that role and a separate GI advisor. That, that would be that kind of model for me. Interesting. That's really interesting. And that's obviously what uh, mortgage firms are bought into, that they want the, the separate separate. Area. Yeah. Why did I think you, you you've nailed one thing I was going to ask you. Hmm. And it's it's time the mortgage brokers knowing it. But why do you think people aren't selling more protection? What do you think the stumbling blocks for people are? Uh so it, I mean there's there's a lot of answers to that question. There's a bit of fear about it, I think. Okay. Um, it's it's definitely a different skill set um for those fantastic brokers within mortgage first who do both and they're allowed to do both um if they wish you know and um mm-hmm. there's some who do very very well at that and fantastic because if i was doing all this stuff and you'd ask me to do mortgages as well i'd be under the floor so <laughs> like, that's um um i think there's a bit of fear with it in terms of doing the right thing because obviously you've got protection trusts, which is huge when it comes to um, protection. Mm-hmm. It is massive because if you get your head around trusts, the protection is easy. Because mm-hmm. the trust yeah. kind of leads that conversation in terms of end result. Um, what else is it with it? Uh, there's time. You know, it takes a lot of time. And obviously um, a lot of it is clawback risk. They don't want to take on any clawback risk. Mm-hmm. When you get paid a nice broker fee and a proc fee that can't be clawed back. Whereas, Good point. Yeah, you never think about never think about that. I've got four years of indemnity to to worry about in terms of clawback risk. Mm-hmm. Anything that we do. Um, so that's. Another do you think thing. you'll do you think you'll see a shift now because there's been less purchase business around that people will be focusing more on protection to try and make up that money. So it'd be more likely to take on that clawback risk because there's no there's not as many purchase cases coming through. I think there's a, the protection market is pretty robust and okay. over a long period of time, I think in terms of the market, what we've had a lot thrown at us in the last five years, it hasn't really affected it hugely. I mean, look, I can find a hundred excuses now about why I'm writing mortgages and want, don't want to do the protection because, or, or, or what don't do the protection, like didn't want to do it, budget, didn't understand, whatever, there's loads. Um, but I think it, There'll, there'll always be a need, and I think mortgage brokers will step up and, and do more. Mm-hmm. Um, all the market's doing at the moment is, is um, shining a light on specialisms within mortgage bro- the mortgage brokerage world. Um, although there's a bit of turmoil with interest rates and whatever else, we'll come out the other side with the mortgage broker community being the go-to for anyone that needs a mortgage i think the rest of the market is the ones that will be dead it's mortgage brokerages that people will go to for that specialist advice more than ever you know even martin lewis likes them now you know that's what i was about to say it's almost teeing everybody up to be a more to sorry for people to use mortgage brokers and it's i think anything to do with finance where you can help either save not save money at the moment but repackage your finances to make sure that they suit your circumstances those are the people that are going to win aren't they so when it comes to protection you've obviously been doing it for a long time can you give us a few top tips of how to sell more protection yeah so um we were talking about this before we before we started the podcast but there's a i've been um doing 
protection training right right the way through my kind of career, I suppose. Um, career, what a joke. Anyway, what a joke. Um, but um, so a lot of it at Primus and Protection Excellence, which is fantastic, you know, and you come out of that room just absolutely incredibly enthusiastic about just going out there and, and getting stuck at your clients to write protection business. And I'm not knocking that at all. It's fantastic. And I still use some of those bits and bobs. And I suppose what I'm trying to say here is that there's one or two things in that day that different brokers will pick up. For, for me, I think it's very straightforward and you make it as simple as possible. It's mm -hmm. about having that invisible client with the contract right from the start to say, we're going to be talking about this. We've got mm -hmm. consumer duty now, where if you don't, um, this isn't part of what I would say to the client, by the way, but consumer duty coming in where the FCA is saying, if you haven't talked about protecting their income, essentially, mm -hmm. then you are um, treating that client as a vulnerable client. So we're going to have you at some point. Oh, wow, really? That's underpinning every single mortgage broker. If they've got protection above the door and they're not talking about it, then currently exposed. Wow. So um, when I'm speaking to a client, I would say, We've got a contract here, a visible contract with them to say we're going to talk about protection at some point. And then the key areas where I would either pass that across or deal with it is at full mortgage app when they're happy, okay. mm -hmm. mortgage offer when they're even happier. Anything beyond that, you might as well shout into an empty room, you know, because um, albeit I get past post-completion business, they've, they've switched off. Very hard to get them, pull really them back tough. into the room. Really tough. If you're talking to them in that stage of the process and they know you're going to talk about it, then look, you've got a really good chance of, of getting hold of them. Um, one of the objections you get quite a lot, especially in the southeast, is death in service. You know, that's kind of unprotected at work. Right. They have to send me all their stuff as part of my process. Mm -hmm. Just WhatsApp it across. And then when I'm emailing the client or, um, what their what their um their choices are never talk about budget you know um right okay there's a lot of training about up to and maximum of and this kind of trying to up people's budget look i'm the advisor here i'm going to tell them what the perfect protection portfolio looks like this is can what you actually you need that up? can you can you weigh that up because what you need might be a hundred quid a month for example yeah and in their head, they're like, my budget is actually only 40 quid a month. Can you yeah. weigh that up to tailor it to them? Or do you just go in and go, this is what you need? I tell them the latter. So I will say to them, this is the perfect protection portfolio because I've got consumer duty to back me up to say mm -hmm. I need to tell them what the perfect is. Imagine me going into it. I'm going to think of a terrible analogy now. But if you're selling someone a stereo and you're saying this is what you need, it's 40 quid. And they mm -hmm. get home and they think, well, it's all right, but that why didn't they tell me about one that was 200 quid? Right, okay, good point, um, yeah. So I'll give them the perfect protection portfolio, how it all stacks up. I will then say to them, realistically, this is like, you know, 30% of your mortgage payment. The average person pays 10 to 15% or 40, 30, 40 quid a month. So I tell you what, let's rein this back a bit. This is what I'd take out mm -hmm. and I'd give them a second option. And then my third option is, bare minimum you need to be doing this mm -hmm. you know nine times out of ten they're going to go for that middle option and, and just kind of well then we can then tweak some stuff you know um and and work around some areas 
So that, that's kind of how it tends to work. With the death in service, I always talk to them about um, how great their death in service is. And I'll tell them on an email, this is brilliant. This is worth its weight in gold. If you get the chance up your protection cover, it'd be the cheapest cover you ever get. Make make sure your wife or partner is or husband or is um, the uh, nominated beneficiary. Give your HR a call. I take control of that. Mm-hmm. So that they're then calling their HR for me um, as part of the advice that I've given them, not kicking my ass saying I've got death in service. I don't need any protection. It's just changing the mindset there a little bit adding value to them rather than without a shadow of a doubt and then the trust bit as well saying we're going to put this in trust because at the moment um this is going to happen and your parents are the beneficiaries of your estate not your partner whatever else Mm. we talk about and then will proper toe-to-tail stuff you know and that that's how we do it but it's so thorough mate upfront contract Mm -hmm. full mortgage application offer beyond offer you're pissing in the wind you really are it's really yeah all the fun's gone out of that process for them they're not gonna it's it's tough so what what's the best point to talk about it so when you say at the contract at the beginning is that is that like the mortgage broker saying i'm going to be speaking to you about a mortgage and then dave's going to be speaking to you about protection after is that what you mean when you talk about contract is that right at the beginning that's right it's the right Right, at the start that invisible contract to say um and it it depends on the terminology you want to use so talk about uh make sure you're left with a house and not the debt if the worst happens is something that we Mm -hmm. use quite a lot you know that's a very kind of protection excellence primus kind of um mantra uh so there's lots of ways you can position that with a client um, and I say to them, let's have a grown-up conversation here. Well done for getting this far. You know, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about protection. Um, and I tell them what they need, you know. There's no point beating around the bush with it. Um, they should you be paying them, 15% of their monthly mortgage payment, every single one. So it's very easy to – sorry. No, you carry on, you carry on. It's very easy to speak about it and to get the mortgage brokers to do it. But how do you use or how would you use social media to start Mm. generating these type of leads because we're talking about the perfect client that comes to you has come from a mortgage lead and they've already been teed up they're going to be speaking about it but how do you attract the customers that maybe have never taken a mortgage from you and they might be a tenant and they would never have the need for a mortgage what do you do on social and i know what you do i see it on social but i just want to see if that matches up with what i'm seeing well, I kind of play on all that I've got to go at, which is kind of being knowledgeable and approachable, those two things, you know. So I just um, I try and mix it up with a bit of personal and business mm-hmm. um, and just try and make it so that pe- it's easy for people to engage with me and give them a call to action to, to engage. That's all That's all that I do. And I, I, can't, I can't say that I get a load of business from doing my socials. I don't. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. don't. And that's just being honest about it. Um, you know, I could probably when I was recruiting, hundreds of people would contact me through LinkedIn because that's the market and it's full of brokers, isn't it? Whereas now I'd hardly put anything on LinkedIn. It's more Instagram and TikTok where I'm putting stuff out there about did you know and cancer costs 470 quid a month extra when you're ill and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm boosting those posts as well, trying to get some engagement. Um, but I haven't corrected yet, and I'm in, in complete awe of people that have. Um, 
you know so the protection side of things the protection is always the hardest one on social that i see it's always the hardest one to generate leads definitely because Because of the reputation of us um no it's because it's not sexy that's how i see it so a mortgage it's going to get me a new house it's going to get me that new kitchen it's going to give me something that is tangible yeah whereas insurance is something that is it's an additional it's not something i go to a mortgage broker and want to talk about but what you do is you kind of reposition it you use the facts and figures but you use the imagery that you wouldn't necessarily normally associate with protection so if i was to say protection somebody with a broken leg do you know what I mean? Somebody with somebody that's ill. Whereas yeah. you all use imagery where it's it's somebody jumping or it's somebody that's bright, somebody that's bold that I wouldn't necessarily associate with protection. Okay. So that alongside the personal content, it gets me interested. Okay. But what it also does is if somebody from Mortgage First was to say, right, Dave from Protection First is going to give you a call. When they're looking at Mortgage First content, because more the guy the mortgage broker has told them to follow on social, they then see that they've maybe interacted with you or tagged you into a post. So they then check out your channel and they've just come across you through mortgage first. Yeah. As a consumer, I'm looking at your content going, ah, this guy isn't boring. Do you know what I mean? He's not, you woe behold, you're gonna die, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. photos of people that are a bit more out there. It's photos of you with the missus, you with the dog. You with a kid, do you know what I mean? And that then that's interesting softens that, that actually, conversation. I, I absolutely pat myself that I'm kind of um just putting the wrong stuff out there. That's quite quite reassuring to know. And also, you know, positioning myself with these these wonderful advisors here at Mortgage First. They're thinking who's who's this bloke dancing around in the bloody field at 6 30 in the morning, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, I, I enjoy it, it's fun. And mm-hmm. I think um I always come back to two ladies who uh, with the money group um the transform ladies have you met these two Sarah yes yeah so they essentially they came to me um through LinkedIn because and we're still friendly and chat a lot and you know take the mickey and whatever else but they came to me because of a perceived friendly face through LinkedIn and we started dialogue and away you went and Mm -hmm. of course always use that an example about being approachable and just feeling like they can kind of just get in touch and that hasn't quite picked up any momentum yet. I mean, crisis week three, you know, and before that I've been trying to recruit people. So mm-hmm. um, I want to really work on that a lot more and, and mix up that personal. And now I've got this kind of clarity of brand with protection mm-hmm. first and the, the blue color and everything else, you know, I'm really going to push that, I think. And that's where you talk about the personal. You've got the branding, and that will give you authority that yeah. you're under a company that you trusted. That if I take protection from you, I know that you're reputable. But the secondary thing is then, if I say if, again, using the analogy where I stumbled across you through mortgage first, I get to know about you. I get to understand what you've done at the weekend. So then, when it comes to my phone call or my Zoom call, and I'm talking about something as serious as life insurance. I can have a chat to you about the dog for 10 minutes before we get into that. Yeah. And that just really softens it, I feel. In an industry that is that can be quite harsh, and you're talking about very life-changing things, Yeah, it can be softened. And that's I'd like to see more of that, more of the person that I'm going to meet on my appointment. Yes, I need the facts and figures, but I'd really like to know about you as a person. Why have you got yeah. these expertise? 
how have you got to this position? Do you see what I mean? Oh, totally. And I think that I think there's a market there to really push that to quite a, a high degree of not being controversial. But I do done posts in the past about um, my step kid when he's when he was three, now sixteen. Um, I just redone my life cover when I met my wife, and I walked into the house and he said, um, "Dave, when are you going to die?" You know, and just like. I don't know how he knew, bloody knew. Um, and just silly things like just putting it out there about um, husband and wives not getting on, whatever. I, I don't know, there's something there to have some fun with it, but you, yeah. I suppose you've got to be a bit careful with it. But um, Yeah, because it is a sensitive subject, but taught the way the way I see you on LinkedIn and you're doing your parkour and everything and it's fun and you're out there, that is great, but I really like these kind of conversations where you are. You did a really nice video a few months ago. It was on TikTok and it was talking about, it was just you face to camera. And it was, listen to this story about what happened to me. And that was like, that's the Dave that I would want to see in a protection appointment. Oh, nice, mate. And that's, and that your parkour, I love that on LinkedIn because that's your recruitment drive, Dave. Whereas yeah. on your protection, it's it's a bit more, you've just got to be a bit more tactful, haven't you? That, yeah. that's what it is so that's that's how i see you on social and i'm sure a lot of people see it the same so quickly touch on us with parkour from a brand a personal branding point of view oh just it started out being a little silly thing really i just kind of was um asking about and then we've got local woods like five minutes from us and, and lizzie um the um love of my life obviously after my wife and kids everything um and uh so we I just did a, a video once of just me jumping around and I don't know when it was really but, but um it just kind of got about 10,000 likes on LinkedIn and um I just put it on there one morning you know you go like what why am I doing this and you yeah it went um so I did them relatively regularly to um silly songs as well and then just my wife got involved she started filming them and then it just kind of got a bit of traction so I still do them every now and then I think um, when I'm in the right frame of mind, I just one day I'll go, I'm going to do one and um, put it to a silly music. But um, I am, I've had a couple of people go, are you serious when you're doing this parkour? No, I'm not. I know I can only get three <laughs> inches off the ground um, and so many jokes. But um, like, I know I'm making a price to myself. I get it, you know, but I'm too old to care. Anymore. Well, that's it. And this is the reason I say that is because everybody knows you as doing parkour. So whenever you and this is aside from the protection business point of view, and I think mortgage brokers, protection advisors, anybody should have their own personal brand because you never know what that video could lead you into. Like we talk about Paul Lewis. He was known for those videos and got him. <laughs> positions at certain companies you're exactly the same there's other people that I know that have done the same and and it's not just about the business you're getting from clients it's by building a personal brand online and using brand anchors that we talk about here parkour for example yeah it opens so many doors for you in terms of a career um LinkedIn's right up itself at the minute and you don't you think don't you think yeah. oh yeah. my god there's a lot there's a lot of people on there that are posting content i find just for the algorithm and it's very much like oh look at look at what we've done and it just hasn't it was fun for a bit liked it i still do a bit of content on there but i just find it's the same piece of content now i agree There's nothing groundbreaking 
they do that thing where like let me tell you a story and then there's three lines so you have to open the post to find out what yeah. the story was which is a crap story anyway and it's just kind of like just tell I, me what happened i don't get much um i used to really enjoy it and he's like just go through it and have some fun and it, I, I don't know it seems to have lost i know brokers are really so busy, busy. Yeah. yeah running around but um i don't know i think um i should have listened to people a few years i mean, it's great for my old job in recruitment yeah um because you you know again it's that approachability but now it's um yeah instagram and uh god forbid tiktok um because that's a rabbit hole well the next one that they're talking about is um is youtube shorts i think shorts so youtube shorts are essentially tiktok right um and uh the the reason that they're saying youtube shorts is don't quote me on figures, but it's something like on TikTok, if a TikTok creator does, say, a, thou- a video with a 1,000 views, they'll get paid a tenner. Right. If they do that same 1,000 views on YouTube shorts, they'll get paid 100 quid. Jeez. So it, it's that polar apart. Yeah. And Mr. Beast, who's like the biggest YouTube star out there, he was saying that what will happen is all the influencers and content creators will go to YouTube because they're paid more which means that everybody will start to watch YouTube shorts instead of TikTok. And this is what they're talking. YouTube shorts is going to be one of the biggest platforms. And you know what the number one platform at the minute, all the digital marketers are talking about? Facebook. I thought it might be. Yeah. I thought I see that. Can I just say as well, by the way, I think one, the best thing that you do, best thing you've ever done apart from um, recruiting Sophie, because she's brilliant. I don't know if she's she's sat over there. Sophie's <laughs> getting a shout out on the podcast. She's got her headphones on. She can't hear. Dave just um, said the best thing that we've ever done is hiring Sophie. <laughs> second to that is the um, the giveaway of content that you do. And I know we've touched on this before because mm-hmm. um, it's just so e- easy to listen to and, and to translate into Canva, you know, the Canva tips that you do. They're exceptional. And it's people go, why on earth does he do that? It's showing people how to do it, but people people are either going to have the time to do it or not. Your stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and they, they can't get you. I mean, you're giving one tip and you've got you keeping 100 behind, I know, but you know, it's really good. It's really clever. It's a really clever marketing tactic. It, it is because so many people ask me, and it's great because if somebody messages me and says, How do I do this? I can send mm. them the video. But with Facebook Reels, like we have, and I've not done anything different to what I'm uploading to Instagram. Instagram Reels, my our reach has been over the last thirty days has been like twelve point three thousand. Wow. Facebook has been forty two thousand. That show and the engagement on the Reels, twenty nine thousand people have engaged with our Facebook Reels. Now, I, I never use Facebook for anything other than just showing off. Well, this is Facebook is making they're making a switch back to it because what they'll do is one social media platform will saturate. And this is where Facebook have been really clever because they own Facebook and Instagram. So they can flick a switch on whichever one they want. So Facebook is number one now. Instagram. So I love watch a lot of Gary V. He's saying it goes Facebook, YouTube Shorts, um, TikTok, Instagram Reels. Interesting. So it is Instagram as a platform. Does he think LinkedIn is less? Because he used to say LinkedIn is what Facebook was like in 2012. That was one of his mantras, wasn't it? He um, hasn't spoken about LinkedIn probably for the last three or four months. Really? But again, LinkedIn could do an algorithm change tomorrow night and you'd yeah. be back up there. That's why you need some knowledge of certain platforms. I would always say 
go deep on Facebook, whatever you do, regardless of what's going on with the other channels, Facebook mm -hmm. is your number one because of Facebook groups. And yeah. anybody that's not using Facebook groups, please, 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 please go and infiltrate the local groups because they will end up becoming paid. Instagram have just bought something out new called Instagram subscribers. Okay. And what you can do is um, say if I could have a group of people where if you pay $9.99 a month, I'll give you access to my Instagram stories and posts that would add more value than my standard stuff. Mm -hmm. mm. So that's essentially, I think, what they'll start doing with Facebook groups. Bloody hell. Um, that's, that's really interesting. So I've, I've, I've done the Dan Reddish course. Um, okay, yeah. To help me to get to a point. I'm now at the point where, and it's a, a course where you, you get out as much as you put in. I've said that before, mm. but, you know, so it's uh, the start part of his without stealing his thunder is about, um niching down on facebook and then entering groups where you can start dialogue and i've had quite yeah. a bit of success with followers not for business now talking about it just in rugby groups because i can go on in the morning i'm in 20 30 rugby groups and go shame about wasps whatever it is just yeah. you know, every morning you know his his um role for you is to go further and then start chatting to them and engaging them and i just i don't know it's not quite quite me that but his funnel stuff is the next bit about creating, you know, quality video and pushing that out through funnels. Mm. And he's chased me this morning to get my arse in gear to start doing that stuff. I've got to be honest at the moment with this going as it is, I don't want any more coming Business through. Coming you, know, in, yeah. but, you know, it's, um, yeah, I think that's a really good, really good ang angle to attack. It is. So fa Facebook is going to be, has always been number one in my eyes, but now mm. it's like ultimate, ultimate. So, right, before we get onto the strategy question, uh, we where we ask you how to generate leads if you were dropped at the north of Scotland, we like to make a £10 donation to a charity of your choice as a thank you uh, for coming on. So which charity would you like us to make it to? Uh, Macmillan Cancer. Macmillan Cancer, make a note of that. Fantastic. Right, let's get into the strategy question because people love this. So we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland. You've yep. got a laptop, a mobile phone and an internet connection. What would you do to start generating new leads? I would go and find the uh, the best broker in the local area with the most experience and get them to mentor me so that they could yeah, okay. ask me stuff and then I could help to learn properly learn the job help them with their client bank and add some value so i would go and team up with the best in the business and learn how to do the job properly that's what i was do i think there's a load of firms out there with where they're just bringing people in to kind of train the next generation and i think that's what i would do it would be to find someone to mentor wow that's one thing we've never had on here talk about really? a mentor and it's something that i'm a huge advocate of is speaking to people that have been there and done it it's the, it's the nuances of the job. It's like, it's a very simple job at the end of the day, you know, and we're not selling, you know, we're not sewing on limbs on the, you know, in a rack. That's not what we're doing here, mm -hmm. but it, it's quite nuanced and there's a lot of change, constant change. Mm -hmm. um, know somebody who knows the tricks of the trade, find someone who knows the tricks of the trade and, and tap them up, you know. And when they get busy, you're the first point of call. 100%. Exactly, yeah. pass the leads to you. Yeah. Mate, it's been lovely catching up. Angie, Always mate. a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you me. so much for coming on. I'm sure everybody's got a lot of value from that one, but if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best platform at the minute? So uh, Instagram and just my contact details are on there. It's probably the best way. Um, 
and then you just come straight through to me and yeah anytime awesome mate thank you again appreciate it see you cheers pal bye-bye take it easy bye-bye so thank you very much for listening if you feel this podcast brought you any value at all i'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast little five stars and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes we can also connect on social so you can get me on instagram facebook and linkedin all with the handle social for brokers look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all